0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So, this week um, was kind of, uh, I don't want to say left in the dark and what I was gonna do, but it was one of those weeks where I turned to uh this day in basketball history on basketball reference and I wanted to do an episode like this at some point, but with this week it makes too much sense. Um I saw that September thirteenth, twenty thirteen, Moses Malone unfortunately died at the age of sixty and then on September fifteenth in nineteen eighty two, um He was traded from Houston to Philadelphia. And that was a big trade just because of what it turned out to be for the 76ers. And so, just wanted to talk about Moses Malone because, to me, and I think a lot of people in the basketball community agree, is that Moses is probably one of, if not the most underrated players ever. And it's unfortunate just because Moses was an incredible player and um, someone who the likes of, I'm not sure you will ever see again just because of all, all that he was able to do with his size and everything with that. Uh, all those intangibles were amazing, but um, yeah. Just want to talk about most today. Uh, when I originally wanted to do an episode like this, I wanted to do it in the style that Kevin Durant um episode that I did, but I'm not at home right now. I don't have access to all my books, so um, I did my best to with the books I have up at school. So um, here's what I found. Maybe at some point in the future we'll go back and do a, a style of podcast like that. So, um, let's go ahead and jump into it. So, first I want to start with Moses' resume. Hall of Famer, 13-time All-Star, 6-time rebounding champ, uh, champion in 1983 along with the Finals MVP, 8-time All-NBA, 4-time All-First Team. 74-75 all-rookie in, in the ABA, two-time all-defensive team, three-time MVP, 79, 82 and 83 going back to back. ABA all-time team, NBA 75 member, 1974 high school national player of the year. ninth in points all time, Averaged 20 points per game four is career third in rebounds all time, 12 averaging 12 rebounds a game for his career and number one all time in offensive rebounds with 7,382 in which I think second place is Robert Parrish, like 4,500 an incredible rebounder. Um, Also second all time in free throws made as a center. Someone with the likes we'll probably never see again someone at that caliber, getting that high on the list, it's incredible. And it's something that you don't think of. And it's something that I almost forget sometimes where when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, because I remember I had a basketball card where it said, like, Moses was, like, the all-time leader in free throws made. And this is like, in the 90s. That card came out. So I was like, okay. So now I know Moses was a really good free throw shooter. Someone to when it comes down to it, you don't have to take him out of the game. Because that's why people have said, well, if you're doing like an all-time team of sorts and you have Shaq on your team, well, you can't really have him in the last couple minutes of the game because he'll just foul him, hack a Shaq, he can't make a free throw. Now with Moses, Moses you can absolutely leave him in and he can dominate. And so, that's the resume, right? Um, for me, I remember first hearing about Moses. It was like one of the first times I ever got a pack of cards. And every now and then they would have former players like inserted in there. And... I don't know if it was the first one. One of the first legend cards I got was Moses on the Rockets. And um, that's where it led into me finding out who he was, what he really was in, as important to the league. Um, and to which you don't really find out until much later on, you know, once the internet becomes more prevalent and um, you're able to look at things quickly. I had dial-up internet until I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, I think. So, um, yeah, big time. Just you never really find out until later on. And ask anyone who watched Moses, and they'll tell you like an unbelievable talent. Um, I don't. I'm not sure why he's not remembered as much as he should be chairman of the boards the nickname along with big mo and Octobowl. never really heard Octobowl before but that is a cool name um moses has i think he's been on the cover of sports illustrate a couple times i have a few of them or maybe just a couple i just want to see what all he's been on so, there's a Sports Illustrated where he first comes to Philadelphia, new kid in town. Um, Moses Malone comes to Philly. Big deal to get Moses into Philadelphia. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, the Promised Land, another one that Moses was on. Moses Malone leads 76ers to the threshold of a title, and that was the thing about, you know, Moses is going to bring us to the Promised Land. It fits. It's perfect. Narwan, one, Chairman of the Boards. His nickname just stayed right out. And it's with Moses just grabbing a board. Those ones I have. I have those Sports Illustrated covers. And I I think there was, that might be it. Because I remember one of the things I like to do with my mom is that we we make um, collages kind of where you get, like, the big post uh, frames that you put posters in. But we do that and we put... Four or five, depending on how many will fit. Sports Illustrated covers, and um, I think there is only three, just because there are four. I definitely would have made a Moses Malone one, but um, I'll just have to find someone else to throw in there. But um, yeah, with Moses and people asking, well, if he's so important, why isn't he remembered well? And I've heard arguments for it, and one of them is that he was on, let's see, one, two, three, four, no, these are jerseys, hang on. He was on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams, and a lot of them are very short stints. So... That's the reason why people think that he's not as important to remember. And, yeah, I understand. It's something that we've probably never seen with, like, a superstar like that going to so many teams. But with the context of it, him being in the ABA made – makes half those teams seem reasonable. Star down on the Utah Stars. They folded. He got sold – to the uh, Spirits St. Louis, and then after that, the ABA folds. Well, now he's got to get drafted somewhere. And um, he was used as trade bait multiple times. And let's go ahead and jump into it. So the reason for his importance in the history of basketball He's the first high school player in modern NBA, ABA era to go straight to the NBA. Hadn't really happened beforehand. If it did, it wasn't like too notable. But with this, it was like the ABA, they didn't have to follow anyone's rules. Like the, the NBA had, you had to be like a junior above or maybe even a graduate. And they're like, yeah, that's your rule. We're, We'll take anyone, and um, yeah, apparently Lefty Dreisel of Maryland was pretty upset because he had Moses one and coming to Maryland, and his mom was on board with it, um yeah, it was just like he had him, and then the Utah stars come around and I'll see if I can pull up his um, contract. All right, found it. Um, A lot of the the good research I found went and came from Loose Balls, a great book about the ABA. Um, If you haven't checked out Loose Balls or if you don't know really that much about the ABA, Loose Balls is a really good book. goes through everything, I swear. And it's tough. It's a tough one. You can't really top loose balls when it comes to the ABA just because no one no one knew as much. So Terry Pluto had to go and interview plenty of people just to get a glimpse of what the ABA was like, just because there's no it wasn't on TV often. And there was like a lot of players, they just straight up disappeared after the ABA folded. So anyway, and there's evidence or not evidence, people say that um, uh, Moses Malone's uncle, accepted, was uh, sent an envelope that had $20,000 in it or something like that, an absurd amount of money for him to go to a certain school. Uh, Someone said that a car was given to Moses or his family. But um, just assume that people were playing nice back then, and instead of going to college for nothing... Here's most loans contract with Utah contract calls for $565,000. We paid out over four years. So, and it's a different amount of money each year during the length of the agreement. The club agrees to pay the mother of the player $500 a month. So good deal. His mom who was working in like a factory or something like that, she gets money. She gets 500 bucks a month. Huge club shall provide a housing allowance for the mother of the player up to a total of $25,000 to be paid out $335 a month during the length of the agreement. If the contract expires before the full twenty-five dollars is paid, the club may either continue making monthly payments or sell the difference in a lump sum. So she's also getting $25,000. Um, the player will receive a $40,000 signing bonus. Kid is not... He just graduated high school. Mother of the player will receive $10,000 upon the signing of the contract. So she gets $10,000 up front. Player will receive $10,000 for each academic quarter completed by the player at an accredited institution of higher education up to 12 quarters. So he's getting three years of college paid. Basically. Yeah, three years. Um. The Player will receive $10,000 if he has the most playing time of anyone in the club, $5,000 if he's second. The player will receive $10,000 if he leads the club in rebounding, $5,000 a second in rebounding, and the same for leading and coming in second in scoring, and receive $10,000 if he's selected to the first team in ABA All Pro team. It is understood that this is a guaranteed no cut contract. So instead of going to college, that's what Moses Malone does to become the first player in the modern-ish era. We call it modern era, shot clock era. I assume that um, he became the first player to jump straight from high school to the NBA. Someone who, in my arguments for why players should be allowed to do that now, Moses is one of the first people I talk about. Most one came from high school. I mean, he was he was great, and he got better. Uh, no reason for him to be considered important to the game. Considered by many to be the best. He's definitely the best offensive rebounder of all time. We talked about that. But you can even say best rebounder in the history of the game, and I don't think anyone would argue with you. And some people will say that like. Moses would miss on purpose. He would just throw up a random shot because he knew that he'd be in better position than you when that ball comes down. He can get an offensive rebound and some points. Unbelievable. And it's just, if you watch the tape, it's some thing where it's like, yeah, he's clearly missing on purpose because you see people take those shots all the time. If they miss it, they get clowned on. Like, they're on Shaq and the fool. But Moses was just – had that extra step to where he knew it was like, hey, I can jump higher than all these guys. I can jump quicker than all these guys. That's the important thing. He was a quick jumper. But, um, yeah, so he does that. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get points by the end of it. And then the other thing with, you know, people saying – Whoa, he played on so many teams. I already talked about the Stars and the Squires. Um, he was drafted to the Trailblazers in the dispersal draft. And um, Bill Walton was saying, like, oh, my God, we got to keep this guy. Like, Moses is incredible. And um, the coaches and GMs were always saying, well, you know, we're going to trade him to Buffalo, you know. So um, he's, gonna, he's not really going to play much. They play him in the second quarter of a preseason game. Just so against the trailblazers, so they can see what they're getting no against the Braves, so they see what they're playing, they can see what they're getting, and um in like the second quarter, he has like twenty points, fifteen rebounds, some ridiculous like that, and Buffalo was all excited. they're like, all right, yeah, we'll definitely take this guy and then you know, in Buffalo, he played two games <laughs> just so he could be traded. To Houston, which is where he'd play the longest in his career. You know, played 464 games, averaging 24 points a game, and if I can find the rebounds, there, averaging 15 rebounds, six of the six and a half being offensive rebounds per game. You don't see that <laughs> ever. Um, then as I mentioned earlier, he gets traded to Philadelphia, where in Philadelphia's case, they didn't, the person they needed the most was someone like Moses. Like when you go back and you look at the 1980 uh, runner up team for the 76ers, their one weak spot was really at center, it was between Caldwell Jones and, um, Daryl Dawkins, and you're going up against Kareem. Like, you need a guy to neutralize Kareem. And um, they just couldn't really do it as much. I mean, it took, the, it took Kareem getting injured for them to have a chance. And so Moses comes in, and they say that Moses is like the one guy who um, could outplay Kareem. And I think they said he did it in almost every matchup. Just outplay them, and um, that's someone who I consider the greatest center of all time. And if he's outplaying him all time, most Malone is a really good center. his end of story. So, and like Dr. J, he needed help. Um, Mo Cheeks wasn't really wasn't really a number two guy. Just like a distributor and all that. Bobby Jones was okay. Uh, they he needed Moses, and he got Moses, and immediately leads to a championship. The first year he's there, a two eighty three, he wins MVP, a finals MVP, and lead and takes him to a championship. Unbelievable, and then nineteen eighty four. That's when Charles Barkley comes in. And the fact that the Sixers got Charles Barkley in that era and that they did win a championship shows how good the league was at that point. Because a front court of Dr. J, Charles Barkley, and Moses, I mean, I'm. I feel in my spine. Like my spine tingles a little bit. Just like how scary that is. And, um,. Never really got done, but it was to the point where Charles Barkley like, became grossly overweight just so Philadelphia wouldn't draft him or that other teams wouldn't draft him. So Moses tells him straight, you got to lose that weight, dude. Just know our way around it. You got to lose that weight. And then Charles Barkley says that he was like the one, he's the NBA player that, taught him the most he taught him how to work hard because no one wanted to win more than Moses straight up no one did and um, because I didn't even talk about the best I've talked about it before but the best Moses moment is before the 83 playoffs um, a reporter or someone asked Moses hey how you guys going to do with the playoffs and almost says fo foe foe four for four It's like we're gonna do it four, four, and four. And then they end up going foe, five, foe. But still, I mean, I think most say, like, well, I just I just wanted to get the summer going. (laughs) Like, I just wanted to win. And sweeping the Lakers in the finals, my God. Like what what can you do with that? Like, that should solidify that team's legacy alone. But, I mean, for Moses to go out and say straight up, hey, we're going to sweep everyone. And I think the only team that – I think they went five games with Milwaukee. I think that was it. So, um, yeah, pretty good. But anyway, Barkley comes in, overweight, and Moses says, you got you to gotta lose that weight. And then he says he taught him how to work hard and – Charles Barkley said that he called him dad just because, like, he taught him so much in that time. Into which, I mean, if Charles Barkley says, like, hey, this guy taught me a lot, that's a really good player. Just because Charles Barkley, don't care what people think. Oh, he didn't win a championship. We talked about it before. Just stop talking about Rings. Charles Barkley, during the Dream Team, was the most dominant player on that team. In the story. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah, sure, you had Michael, you had Magic, you had Bird. You had everyone on that team. Charles Barkley was a star of that team. On the court and off the court, honestly. And Moses taught him a ton of how to be a professional How to just work hard. How to be better than everyone else. So, that's another reason why it's important. Guiding a player like Charles Barkley is amazing. Uh, He would play a few years in Houston. Played five seasons. Houston, he played six. Philadelphia, he played five. And then, you know, going to Washington, they were all right. That was... Something that was mentioned in the Kevin Durant video. Like Moses is on that team, but I think they made the playoffs and lost first round. Atlanta, um, I don't know why when I hear Moses Malone, I think of the Atlanta Hawks version with the goggles, the Rex specs and um maybe not Rex. They're like James Worthy goggles. But um I don't know what yeah, but this is the year where he led the league in free throws and you're just like, Wow. I've, 35-year-old leading the league in free throws. A center like that is impressive. Then he goes to Milwaukee for two seasons. He's all right. This is where he starts to taper off uh, in terms of scoring production. And then he goes back to Philadelphia for a year, and then he ends his career in San Antonio, only playing 17 games. But... um. And it lasted, so we started when he was 19 years old in 74-75, all the way to 39 in 94-95. And, I mean, let's see. The only time he didn't average double figures was the two games in Buffalo where he had zero, and his last three years in the league where he did 4.5, 5.3, and 2.9. 2.9 2.9 at 39 years old as a center when in 95, let's see, you're probably backing up David Robinson. I mean, he only played 17 games. So you're backing up David Robinson. Uh, you got to go up against, like, Shaq and Hakeem and Ewing. Just a really tough time if you're a center. And if you're not competent enough, they will take advantage of you. 2.9 points per game in 94-95 at 39 years old. I think is really impressive. And so here's some arguments people have said. Well, I think this is why he's been lost in translation. And people don't think he's that. People think he's good. People don't think he is great. So like, I seriously think he is a top five center. To me, it's Kareem, Wilton, Russell are up there together. Hakeem, and I think possibly Moses might take it over Shaq just because the fact that they're almost the same kind of player. I mean, they're very dominant. It's just that the free throws thing, and I don't want to say I don't like Shaq. I mean, Shaq is amazing. He's an amazing player but um I just I don't know why I like Moses more. I just don't understand. I mean, obviously there's a reason somewhere. I can't think of it right now. But I, I like Moses more than Shaq, honestly. It might be the fo fo fo. That's like my favorite quote ever. But um so people say, "Well, his game's not polished." Okay? It's not polished. He averages 20 points per game for a career, a 20-year-long career, Um, 12 rebounds a game, even 1.3 assists. Almost 50% field goal, 76% free throw. You know, um, not polished, okay? Are you talking about a kid who was... He was 19... When he becomes the star of the Utah Stars, a, a team that would become defunct very quick in that year of seventy four seventy five, Then he goes to the Spirits of St. Louis to where he's playing behind Marvin Barnes and Maurice Lucas, guys who were seasoned veterans at that point. Most is 20 years old when he's on the Spirits of St. Louis. And he averages 14 points per game with that front court. Um, the Buffalo part, you can't even argue about the Buffalo part. You don't even know. <laughs> he averages zero points per game. He played two games averaging three minutes a game. Houston, uh, he was an MVP in Houston. He was a two-time MVP in Houston. And then as soon as he comes to Philadelphia... To where this is where I think his game really becomes polished. Like, if you look at he, he's throwing all kinds of passes and stuff, and Dr. J is doing anything with him. They're a perfect tandem. Um, He's 27, and he leads them to a championship and an MVP. Game's not polished. Yeah, sure, missing on purpose is where you're not polished. A polished player would really just hit that layup and just go down to the other court and guard, play defense. The guy has 7,000 offensive rebounds. And a lot of people say, yeah, probably half of those are on purpose. You think that's unpolished? Like, how is that not polished? To me, when you're at a point where you're like, oh, I'm so much better than everyone at getting a rebound that I'm going to miss on purpose so that I can get a rebound Maybe two offensive rebounds and then two points. Yeah, sure, not polished. Uh, And even if it's not polished, who cares? My God, he's on the NBA 75 team. Not polished? I know people say that, well, you know, he had a quiet demeanor. He mumbled a lot. Kareem was quiet. Kareem was quiet to the point where people hated him for being so quiet. Moses has one of the most famous quotes in all of basketball with "fo fo fo." About my fifth time mentioning it, quiet demeanor. My God, it was such a big deal, and Michael Jordan went quiet for like a month. It was a huge deal, and it's just like, okay, yeah, he stopped talking to the media for a little bit, and again, Moses was like this since he was in high school people would ask him a question and he would be yes, no, or just um, no answer. A quiet demeanor. The the first person I thought of was Kareem. It's like there's a whole segment in the Celtics Lakers 30 for 30 to where people were like they they didn't like Kareem because he was a quiet, he was quiet around the media and you know And all that. He was like, you just didn't like him because he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And that you were trying to screw him over with every question you asked him. So he just didn't talk. Yeah, but that quiet demeanor of Moses. That's why he will never be remembered as one of the best centers of all time. I don't know. Watch film. It's clear to see that Moses was just on another level. And I think part of it is that, well, he died in 2015. There's still interviews with him. Like, NBA Entertainment, to their credit, I know that the interviews don't look as good. They have, like, the kind of weird, like, art behind, like, wall art behind them. But they did their due diligence in interviewing every legend that they could have. They even got snippets of Wilt, like, in the 90s. Like, they did their due diligence to make sure, hey, we got to interview these guys. I Entertainment got a ton of interviews with Russell. But I just don't think they were asking – they weren't asking questions that people want to know today. Like, with Russell, you could have asked them, like, about everything going on. Like, what was it like with the team and, you know – everything going on in Boston, that it was just rough for you. And like, what did the team do? Stuff like that. And which they touch on it in the Celtics Lakers documentary. But, um, yeah, it's just, there's plenty of interviews with Moses and, um, another thing with the mumbling thing, people say Shaq mumbles. Like that was their one complaint about him when, he first came on inside the NBA. No, he doesn't mumble. He just has a low voice. And I don't know. So those are the two that I could find to where like, oh, yeah, that maybe that's the reason. Game not polished, bowl, and um, quiet demeanor. I've laid it out. I mean, it's one of the defining moments of certain players to where – do you believe it like Michael Jordan didn't talk to the media for a, like it was like a month or something like that can you believe Michael Jordan I mean the people just want to know what's going on it's like you're gonna do nothing but ask him about Atlantic City and he's given plenty of interviews on it. his dad gave an interview talking about the Atlantic City thing Oh, and by the way, the Bulls went on to win later that year. So your Atlantic City thing's kind of shot. Probably good thing that he didn't take those interviews. Would look bad on them. So, Moses Malone, to me, is a top-five center. And the fact that he's not known as much, it's just a shame, honestly. I really, truly believe that. And there's someone who, to me, it's like Alex English is one of those guys, Moses is another, to where I don't understand how you can just forget these guys and what they've done. And, um, yeah, Moses to me was a top player, personality, just one of those guys who was... One of the better people that we've seen in the league, and it's just um, all the circumstances around it, like being a part of a a league that in two years was going wouldn't exist anymore, to going to working his way up into the NBA, um, just tough, and still all the accolades are astounding. And it's just, I don't know. To me, Moses should be remembered. Um, And it's just, there's no other way around it for me. Moses is one of the best players ever. Obviously, we've seen it. He made the NBA 50th team, made the NBA 75 team. Um, Gone way too soon, the age of 60. I remember watching NBA TV and seeing that come across the ticker, that Moses Malone had died. And at that point, it was... I didn't know too much about Moses to that point, but it was, like, still heartbreaking. Like, it's 60 years old. Like, these legends are... A lot of legends are just... They're not going to be around forever. We, we understand that. But it's the ones like Wilt, Kobe, Moses, all the ones that die way too soon. That um, It just hurts the most just because you never know what was going to happen with them. You know, think of all the interviews that could have went on. Like, if Wilt was still alive, think of that Celtics-Lakers documentary. My God, if Wilt was in that, forget it. There would have been a 30-for-30 30 30 on Wilt and Bill Russell. And it would have been just an interview of them talking with each other. Could have been something with Moses. We don't know. But it's just sad. And um, the fact that he's he's being forgotten, it's... Tough, just because Moses is Moses, he's one of the best. Do yourself a favor and look up like Moses Malone highlights. Look up, just look at Moses Malone on YouTube, and you can go into a rabbit hole and find videos like legends talking about him, um, all kinds of stuff. Find books on him if you if you if you're able to, go for it. Moses is one of the best. So, with that, that'll be it for this week. Just um, just look up Moses. That's your homework for this week. Look up Moses Malone. So, um, yeah, with that, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Everhart 0 and I will talk to you next week.